The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Boston Podcast, the podcast where we tell the stories of your city through the voices of your city. My name is Dave, and thanks for sharing the show, everybody. By the way, we just hit like seventy thousand downloads, which means you people have a lot of time on your hands, which we appreciate. You got you have something to do when you you stuck on the fucking expressway with nothing else to listen to. So thank you, we appreciate it. I want to thank our friends at Adori. That's A D O R I. They host our podcast, and if you haven't downloaded the Adori app, go to the App Store. Do yourself a favor. You like the podcast? I know you do. You're listening to this one. Your podcast will come alive with images and all kinds of stuff. Adori, A D O R I. Go to the App Store. Download it. We have a couple of. Uh, Awesome, awesome, awesome guests in studio right here, Pod 617 Studios. Go to pod617.com for more info, by the way. It is the dynamic duo. Uh, I'm going to tell you who they are in a minute, but I'm just going to tell you their names. Uh, We have Megan Marcel and we have Josh Cohen in the house. Are you guys excited? So far, you haven't said much. Guys? Guys? (laughs) (laughs) This is the way the podcast works. I talk, you talk, I talk. And I know neither one of you are shy. Okay. So, um, what do you think of the place? You're here. Here you awesome. are. Our st- studios. Cool. The microphones actually work. Love you the, heated them up, make sure they're Love the beer in the fridge. We, there is some beer in the fridge. It is, as we're recording this, it's 9.44 a.m. Josh, if you would just wait until maybe 10.15. Right. you think that's all right? I think I can handle it. Okay, good. So, we got something special today. We're going to build a story of, of each of our contestants participants, victims today, and we're going to tell their story by way of a movie trailer. This will all make sense by the end of the podcast, I promise. What we need to do is we need to interview our folks um, and ask them some stories, sort of Mad Lib style. By the way, Josh is a financial advisor at Northwestern Mutual, and uh, Megan is, do we say Megan? Do I say Meg? Do hey I? There. Are we okay? Meg, I don't know Meg if we've Meg. advanced. We've known each other for a little while. I don't know if I've advanced to the Meg stage yet, but I dream to be there one day. Uh, Megan is the vice president at uh, Eastern Benefits, where she is your insurance guru, right? All oh. things, all things insurance, all kinds um, of insurance. Employee benefits. Employee benefits insurance. Yes. Okay, let's get it right. So we're going to interview Megan. She's going to be the the answerer of this Mad Lib Mad Libby kind of thing. Okay, what? <clears throat> here we go. What would you most like to accomplish over the course of your life? Oh. Start with a hard one. <laughs> Um, you can think big, you can think small, doesn't matter. You know, be nice to people, you know, yeah, um, cure. Become a better skater. My boys both play hockey. Oh. Um, uh, and you, do you, you're skating yourself? You're skating along with them? Um, I certainly can't keep up with them, but I'd love to be able to be on the ice when we have free ice time. And um, it's been a, a, they make it look so easy. You were just saying. Not, your one, uh, one of your sons, I, I think, if I heard you correctly, is a star and is winning all, scoring all kinds oh, of goals and everything. Doing awesome, really? Yeah, eight years old. We have a eight years old. <sighs> I know. <laughs> he must be fast. Is he fast? He's very fast. He's yeah. this tiny little guy, and he's scrappy. And do you um, need to get up at four thirty a.m.? Not yet. Okay, we do good. have a six a.m. game on Saturday, but that's been the earliest for the most part. It's it's still a cakewalk. So 
And how does the back of your car smell? I went to Milton Academy where hockey was very big, and but I played basketball. But I had to used to walk through the locker room where all the hockey players were to get to my locker. Uh-huh. And oh my god, it oh my god, so bad. Yeah. I don't even know how you describe it. Yeah. It's it's a it's a special kind of funk. Okay, next question, Megan. Um, what advice would you give to a young person who's uh, you know uh, in college or entering the workforce, or what's a piece of advice you can give to someone? Um, I think that you should do what you love as long as that's going to make you money. Wow. Yep. Um, Josh, agree? Disagree? Um, I would say I would agree with that. However, I would take it one step further and I would say, you know, follow your dreams and don't let anybody tell you that you can't do something. All right. We're doing Megan's story now, so don't get, don't well, get too poetic. Me, I know. I just me up. I, that was exactly. so much better than what I said. <laughs> What, um, That's why I made you go first. <laughs> what town? What town did you grow up in? Megan? I grew up in Watertown, Connecticut. Okay, and if you had to describe Watertown, Connecticut, in a, maybe a word, how would you describe it? Small. Okay. Not not a lot of crime, I imagine, in Watertown, no. Connecticut. No. no, peaceful place. Pretty I imagine. How far? For, if we had to leave uh, now to get to Watertown, it's a couple hours. About two and a half hours. Ooh, two and a half hours. Yeah. All right, and Watertown is the just to just to drill down a little bit more. Watertown is the kind of place where what if you have to finish that sentence, you can do it. We believe you in know you. most people. Good, good. You know the milkman bringing your milk, the mailman bringing your mail. Everybody knows your name. Cow tipping. Cow was there cow tipping? Literally. Um, I heard about cow tipping. I never. <laughs> I never got. I never got the allure. So you, the the cow tips over, and then what happens? The cow can't get up. It's yeah. really cruel, isn't it? Does it's the terrible. cow does the cow make terrible noises and stuff? I'm not sure. Yeah, I all honestly, right. honestly have never done it, but we do not condone cow tipping <laughs> on the Boston podcast. No cows were harmed during the recording of this pod. Um, so as a kid, say when you were ten, mm-hmm. you wanted to be what? An astronaut. <laughs> That's mine. But in it, but in fairness, I wanted to be an astronaut because I liked the TV show The Six Million Dollar Man. That might mm-hmm. be before your time. Do you remember that, uh, Josh? Not really. No, Steve Austin, The Six Million Dollar Man, played by the venerable Lee Majors. He was an astronaut, and there was a crash. But we can rebuild him. We have the technology, so he became half bionic, half man, and he could run fifty-five miles an my, hour. That was the seventies, right? Yeah. Okay, that was before my time. Uh, they're yeah. both showing off. They're younger than I am. Big deal. <laughs> And uh, why'd you want to be an astronaut? Um, it seemed fun. I know Sally Ride was uh, um, uh, just uh, becoming pretty well known. Actually, today is the, the 34th, anniversary. 34th anniversary of the Challenger. And, uh, but Sally, uh, the Challenger disaster? Yeah, or the show? yeah that was And it was bad. crazy because I was so, thinking about it. I was you know, 12 years old. Yeah. But wait, I was younger than that. I know you were. Yeah. Sally Ride, she's still with us, isn't she? Yes, no, she yeah, is. she is. She is. Okay. No, actually, I think uh, Krista McAuliffe is right. the one who died. Sally Ride died a couple of years ago. Can look it up. I know. <laughs> we um, we can look that up. Yeah, yeah. We were we had a snow day. It was my sister's birthday. We were home from school. We got so excited to watch it live on TV, and um, and then and then we saw it happen. It was awful. Yeah. Um, Sally Ride, yeah, <laughs> Sally Ride isn't with us anymore, but she died in 2012. I didn't know that. Is it that wonder, long ago? Well, she didn't die in space, right? No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. So How old was she? She was <clears throat> 61. So I don't. I, I assume it was it's very she, sad. I'm old. sorry. Yeah. 
And of course, in popular in popular culture, she's mentioned in the Billy Joel song "We Didn't Start the Fire." Right. Thank you, Wikipedia. That yep. was yes. really deceptive. <laughs> suicide. We right. didn't start the fire. Very good, Josh. Very good. Yep. You remember the video, man? Good yeah, on you. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I know that video. He wasn't. He's a piano player, of course. He was just kind of banging on a table in the video. I never kind of got that. Um, what was what the most humbling job you ever had or a job you had as a young person that you look back on either fondly or otherwise? Um, I was a lifeguard and a swim coach uh, through high school and college. And what was that like? Very fun. It made when you teach swimming lessons to all the kids, it makes your job as a lifeguard quite easy. Did you ever save someone from peril? Um, the most I ever dealt with was stub toes and bee stings. It was a small country club in Middlebury, Connecticut. It yep. was um, pretty cush job. I wouldn't that, say humbling. Yeah, that that's that's one of those jobs that I was always jealous when other people had. Although it's not easy to become a lifeguard. Like you just got to do the training and everything, right? And um, you get those. Um, did you have a cool uniform, bathing suit uniform? No, I could sort? wear whatever I wanted. Uh, no? <laughs> damn. Um, I remember I wasn't a lifeguard. I was a terrible swimmer, um, but. A friend of mine got me a pair of those lifeguard shorts. Do you remember those fluorescent oh, yeah. orange shorts that said guard on the side? Nice. Except, 70s shorts? Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And I was, um, but that, then I was told, don't wear them to the beach because then you you have to be a lifeguard. So I had to just wear them around town and try to pretend that I was a lifeguard. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a poor man's version of stolen valor, pretending I'm a lifeguard, right? Was there someone, did you have a mentor or someone that inspired you as a young person? Um, Tell us about that. My grandfather was uh, very involved in the community, um, involved in Rotary International Exchange Program. Um, everyone knew him. Uh, he was larger than life. Mm. Um, when um, he had had a heart attack at one point and wrote a thank you note to the um, EMTs that saved him. Wow. And they were the same EMTs that responded when he died. And wow. Oh, my God. in tears, and they came to the funeral. But he was just that kind of guy. Um, if you had to articulate a lesson that you took from your grandfather. He, like, so, sorry, actually, one really funny yeah. thing to date myself, although I'm not nearly as old as you two. Yeah. But, um, Thanks a lot. Polish jokes used to be a big thing, like, back in the 80s. Can't say that anymore. And Well, and but but my... but. Then, I mean, it was, everyone told them, but my grandfather would tell the funniest jokes, but he would never, he would just say a guy. He would never, ever um, point out anything so, about anybody in a negative way. Um, and I always thought that was so neat because he was still so funny. But how do you make the, the Polish joke funny if you just say, you could say a, a, a dim-witted guy, I guess. Yeah. Instead of a Polish. Yeah. Yep. Um, um, so, th so that's the kind of kind-hearted person that was he was. That was exactly okay. who he was, and he um, was the president of the International Exchange Program for Rotary. So he, you know, knew they sponsored a lot of uh, exchange students. He traveled all over to see them afterwards, and uh, um, from what I hear, there's a, a few thousand people in this world that called him Uncle Russ. Mm. Um, that's excellent. Yeah. That's excellent. So it sounds like you had a cool relationship with your grandfather yeah. because I think that's become more of a thing. I don't know if you guys both agree. You guys both have kids. I have kids. I think my kids have such like a nice, warm, friendly relationship with their grandparents. Mm -hmm. With me, my grandparents 
were very sweet and I liked them, but like my grandfather was, he like English was not his first language and he was just kind of old, you know, he was old Papa and I maybe spoke, you know, a couple dozen words to him my whole life. I don't mm -hmm. know. Do you think that's more, are, are older people just cooler now or? No, I, I don't think they are. I think it depends on the person. I mean, I had one relationship with my grandparents that was, they were like my parents and another relationship where I really didn't know them that well. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think it's a, I mean, part of it, me, I'm biased obviously, but I mean, mm -hmm. I think it's an ethnic thing. Yeah, it could yeah, be. Definitely. The Italians and the Jews, um, well, that's a good point. Tend oh. to have closer knit families. I mean, mm -hmm. I, mean I mean, that's such a great generalization. I'm sure. No, I'm scorched for that. that. Are you going to yeah. throw in a Polish joke now? Yeah, <laughs> getting <laughs> Polish. <laughs> Masala. No, it's not Broden. No, I'm a Broden. Yeah, no, I'm Irish. Irish and English. I got a little Irish in me. Yeah, um, yeah I'm an Irish Jew. I'm Irish. <laughs> Thank you. Um, why did you want to get into insurance? Um, I don't know if one is the appropriate <laughs> word. It's um, all she wanted to do as a little girl. Yeah, I know, exactly. Um, that's why it's a separate question. Yeah. Um, they don't sell insurance in space. No. <gasps> Maybe that's the title of your movie. I'm, I'm writing that down. Okay, go ahead. Um, and by the way, I went to space camp with my babysitting money. <clears throat> really? Space camp. Oh, that's but cool. um, I was a finance major in college and um, was involved in the student managed fund where we managed a $500,000 endowment and we competed against the MBA students. Um, and September 11th happened. Mm. And, um, but I always, I wanted to be in New York city. Um, and nine 11 happened that changed what was available and there weren't jobs and the, just a lot of changes. So, um, desperate to find a job and being in Connecticut, um, insurance was kind of, the way to go. And I started out as an underwriter and thought at some point I'll stop, I'll go back and get my MBA. Um, but then, um, I had opportunity in a sales position in Boston. So I moved up to Boston and thought it would be temporary and just absolutely loved it up here. And, um, then went to the broker side. So as a sales rep, you work for an insurance company and you call on brokers who have the clients and, um, just wanted to get on that side and have more of an ongoing relationship and um, have been doing that for 14 years. Mm. Uh, you must have started when you were seven. So yep. what, and six and a half when you were, <laughs> do you remember, uh, you, I'm sure you do tell us your nine 11 story, like where you were and how you heard. Um, I was supposed to go up to Boston that afternoon after classes with a boyfriend. And um, I remember, you know, I think being really excited the night before and not sleeping well. And I ended up just sleeping on the couch and woke up in the morning, um, to get ready for like the second week of classes. And, um, I saw one of the twin towers burning and it looked so fake Yeah. Mm -hmm. that I'm thinking, is this a made for TV movie? You know, what is this? And then the second plane hit, but I had to get to class and, you know, it was, pretty traumatized at that point, not knowing it was terror, but just something horrible was happening. Right. And, um, the professor said, so what's going on? And I'm sure no kid, it was a nine thirty class. No one had the news on, like everyone was in the well, it was before Twitter and, yeah. and yeah. social media. Yeah. We were just exactly. talking about this before you got here, but you know, when, uh, you know, on Sunday, when you heard about Kobe's death, mm. you know, I mean, it was within minutes, within minutes, I found out from my son, he texted me something from Instagram. And literally, I got on Twitter. I didn't believe it, right? Yeah. I got on Instagram, and within 10 minutes, it was 
all over the place and reaction yeah. and everything like that. And whereas 9-11, I mean, I was, you know, I'll tell you later, but I was, you know, I was at One Beacon Street, the yeah. same place I'm at now. Yeah. Um, and I remember, like, the news was so hard to get. Yeah. And then rushing everybody out of the city of Boston. Yeah. yeah. Don't go on public transportation. They're going to blow up the train. Oh I mean, that was. God. Yeah. These, these days, well, like with Kobe, for like a hot second, you thought it was a hoax. And I then I got and a then, news pop up on my phone. Yeah. Like, I didn't even have to look anywhere. It just right. popped up. And with 9-11, you're right. It, first of all, we didn't know what was happening. The f- initial reports were seemed to suggest that it was just some accident, Com- horrible accident. Yeah. Right? A commuter plane. A commuter plane. Yeah. yeah. Right? And I yeah. thought it was a news plane or helicopter that hit the second right. tower just because they were trying to get a good camera angle. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then all those things, like Boston. Remember Boston became part of the story? Like, I think... In in error because remember that the sus the so called suspects they thought were staying at the the Weston Copley wasn't it? And no, was, yeah. Well, they actually though, were in Maine, right? They were in Maine and they yeah. went through security at at Portland Maine Airport, which I've flown out of lovely place. Um, mm-hmm. And they went from in those days there was a, a flight from Portland to Boston. Yeah, and they knew they could get through security that way because the security was a lot less intense <clears throat> at Portland than it mm-hmm. was in Boston. Um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, I was having coffee with a friend whenever I see her, I always say, Hey, my nine 11 buddy, it's kind of dark, but, um, I didn't know until like at least 45 minutes after it happened, we were just sitting, having a lovely time and, and no, no, like cell phones blowing up at that time. So if yeah. you, if you no, I, mean, I had a cell phone, but I, I think cell phones could, weren't even working. I, I had yeah. a cell oh, that's phone, one thing, yeah. I, you know, certainly couldn't take a picture on it. Yeah. No, no <laughs> alert, text. no like yep. al- news alerts or anything like that. Yeah. All right. What has been, was there a challenge, something you had to overcome in your professional journey meg um i think that in my early years um i worked really hard to prove myself i um we had someone leave i took their book of business as well and just uh didn't have kids yet so um was really able to put my all in it but i think um you know i was still young i had to really prove myself and um um not to go on a tangent, but one thing I see um, in the workplace is you have people that just don't love what they do. Mm-hmm. They don't take pride in it. They don't realize that no matter what they do, it's an important piece of the big picture. And um, I think really having ownership of my book of business, my clients, um, and really taking pride in it. And it wasn't about the paycheck um, it was about the relationships and, um, um, so I don't know, maybe that's not really a challenge. It's what? more just, no. um, I feel so badly for the people that just don't care. Go through the motions. Yeah. yeah. When you started, was it common for not to like open a can of worms, but was it common for, uh, females to be in your, in your profession? Um, I think there's females in the profession. I think in our office space, uh, especially 14 years ago. There was not a lot. There was not a it's lot of It's changed women. a lot, though. I yeah. Mean, it, it certainly has. Um, it's Oh, it's definitely Dave, changed. Dave, why don't you open up the can of worms? Yeah. The <laughs> no, can but I is think, open. Uh, I think yes. that just even, um, you know, little things, like I was in a cubicle for a long time, you know, mm. but yet I was handling, you know, Bigger huge cases chunk. than your counterpart who was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, um, and so for me, I think one of my proudest moments was, to have an office, and uh, I was right next it to It was Josh. right next to me. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so, so cool. So she worked, was affiliated with Northwestern Benefits 
for years, and that's how Meg and I got to know each other. And then they left and became Eastern, mm-hmm. and they were in our office. Yeah, that little side. Yeah, we had a, they like get a close off the office. We mm-hmm. could not be part of them. Yep. And then what? Three years ago? Four years? Just ago? Just two years ago. Two years so. ago, they moved out. Yeah. Um. But that was such a proud moment for a little girl that always dreamed of having an office in the Twin Towers when my dad's from New York City, so we'd go all the time. Mm. Um, and he would always explain that those were offices. So when I didn't want to be um, an astronaut, I wanted to be someone with a job that had an office in one of those buildings. Mm-hmm. So um, it was a really proud moment for me. Um, just I felt like a little kid when I got to move into that office. I was, It was exciting. Uh, yeah, I remember, I think we all probably remember our first office because the typical journey is like, you know, cubicle mm-hmm. um, to small office. Then you kind of want a bigger office. But the moment you actually get your first office where you can close the door, it's, oh. it's, it's just something I really... look out the window. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, that, so now I'm in a, an office in Norwell and um, without a window, mm-hmm. um, except facing into the office. And um, I took so many pictures from right. our window and then we overlooked... Um, uh, government center and you could see the water you could see the huge uh, tankers come in and it was just it never got old um, over 10 years in that office never got old so I have a picture that I blew up that's right over my computer on the wall um, of what my old view was oh wow but that was uh, well you know okay. it's so funny because we're moving our office yeah you know, down, down near down me to, you know down the south shore uh, starting in March 1st and I was there the other day because they're doing the build out, and my view is now the, I think the extended stay in, yeah, yes, in Rockland versus new restaurant there. Lovely, though, Luca. oh Luca's there. Yeah, it's good advertising there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Little um, plug. It's funny that the journey becomes, and you guys, I think, both have a lot of independence in what you do, your own yes. book of business, etc. I think maybe the journey is like cube, to office. To how do I get the hell out of here and have everybody leave me alone? Mm-hmm. It's just some of yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's that's the American dream to, to have everyone leave you alone. Uh, okay, we have a few more questions for you, Meg, and then we're going to wind up and get to the movie trailer. What um, favorite superhero or action star? You know what? You got Wonder so Woman. I got, always loved. Uh, that's sexist, Dave. I know. It's the first one that came to mind. Sorry. Always loved um, the Harrison Ford movies. So I think uh, Harrison okay. Ford and Patriot Games. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. um, Jack Ryan. Yes, right? Jack Ryan. Um, and uh, how would Jack Ryan do as uh, an insurance executive like yourself? How would he do? He would probably jump out the window from the 25th floor of uh, One Beacon to get to his meetings on time. <laughs> That's good. Uh, all right. Um, and uh, what place you want to go before, while you're still walking this earth, sometime before oh you must gosh. depart? That, right after college, um, I was dating someone who was stationed in South Korea, and twice I went over there, and it was the most incredible experience. But it's something you have to, you either load it and stay at the Hyatt, or you have to have some sort of military connection so you can get to something semi-American once in a while, because it's um, it's like a different planet. I love to go back there and experience that again. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we had kids, we used to vacation in Mexico at the same place every year for a week or two and um, uh, made a lot of friends down there. So I would love to get back there. All right. We're between all- hockey and college, it's going to be a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just about done here. Um, 
How would clients describe you in one word? I'd say responsive. What uh, do you have any hobbies that you really enjoy? Um, You're allowed to say hockey mom if you want. Yeah, a hockey mom. Um, <laughs> we, uh, my boys and I, love to paddleboard. Cool. Yeah, um, but I'd say I was afraid of paddleboarding when I first saw it, thinking there's no way I could do that. I'm going to fall off immediately. And it turns oh, it's out, awesome. It turns Depends out, on where you do it. Hard. Yeah. Well, that's do it on the lake. Yeah, on the lake. I do it on the lake. Uh, favorite dessert. I'm really jumping around, but we're just mm. about done. Raspberry chocolate chip ice cream or blackberry. Or <laughs> she just made that yeah. up. <laughs> well, I like it. Lemon answer. meringue pie. Oh, Lemon geez. meringue pie. I haven't had that in like forever. Yeah, you don't see it that often no. like on menus and stuff. No. Um, all right. When we return, you will hear um, the movie trailer for The Story of Megan. Stay tuned, kids. Hi, everybody. I'm Chami Perel. Let me take a minute to tell you about the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like your own podcast? The Boston Podcast Network can produce one for you. Whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, or really any kind of professional, you should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head. Literally, pod617.com will help you deliver a message and build relationships clients and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show go to pod617.com to start planning and in the meantime listen to the great shows they've already produced the irreverent bitchless bride podcast the hilarious show known as shawshanked and the wild trip through the paranormal that is Monsterland. be part of the pod revolution visit pod617.com in pod we trust from Pod 617 Productions comes the story of someone who wanted to become a better skater to impress her boys. You should do what you love as long as it can make you money. She grew up on the small streets of Watertown, Connecticut. Watertown's the kind of place where you know everyone. She always wanted to be an astronaut. It seemed fun. Sally Ride is my hero. But at first, she toiled as a lifeguard. It was fun. I handled lots of stubbed toes and bee stings. Along the way, she drew inspiration from her grandfather. Always have a good Polish joke, but just say a guy. Don't say Polish. Soon Meg set her sights on becoming an insurance professional. I studied finance in college, and then 9-11 happened. Things changed. Insurance was the way to go. But she had to work hard to prove herself and put pride in her work. I felt like a little girl when I walked into my first office. She was like Jack Ryan in Patriot Games. He would jump out of a window of one beacon to make it to a meeting in time. Someday you may find Meg in South Korea. This place is like a different planet. Coming soon from Pod 617 Productions. The story of Megan Marcella, a tale of responsiveness, hockey moms, paddleboarding, and lemon meringue pie. They don't sell insurance in space. Don't miss it. What do you think? Awesome. That was I think, awesome. we, that I was think fun. we got a winner on our hands, right? That was intense. <laughs> Who would you cast in as the leading role? Angelina Jolie. Oh, nice. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, thank you for playing. Did you have fun? That Megan, you're fun. fun. Now, if you want to get in touch with uh, Megan, you can reach her at here's the email M Marcella, and Marcella is M A R C E. E-double-L-A at Eastern. All right, got to take a deep breath. It's a long email address. Marcella at EasternBenefitsGroup.com. And, um, and by the way, Josh Cohen, our uh, sidekick for the moment, 
you'll hear, you will hear his story in a future episode. But you can find him at joshua.cohen at nm.com. Did I get that right, uh, Josh? Yeah, website too. Oh, and the website <laughs> is www. Always be selling. AAB, always be closing. ABC. The website is uh, 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 Joshua dash Cohen. You screwed me up earlier when I you know. said hyphen, which is weird. There's no hyphens in websites. Joshua dash Cohen dot com. That couldn't be easier, really. Joshua dot Cohen. Joshua dash Cohen dot com as I screw it up. Thanks for listening to the Boston podcast. If you're interested in your own podcast, go to pod 617.com. Get in touch with us. You could be the next podcast star. My name is Dave on behalf of Josh and Meg. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. You must be the other guy.